What's up, y'all? In episode 83 of Order Within, I'm talking with Alexa Curtis, entrepreneur, podcaster, and all-around dynamic content creator. Alexa created success in her life at a very young age, which started with a fashion and lifestyle blog. She then went on to create and sell a radio show with Disney. She's done many things over her life and at the very young age of 26 has her own company, Be Fearless Inc., and has learned a lot from success. And what you'll find in this episode is that success is not all that it seems. And there can be many hang-ups and trip-ups that can come with success from a societal perspective. We're going to dive into that and many other things in today's episode. So let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Brandon Ward, back with another episode of Order Within. We've got a fantastic guest today. Alexa Curtis is an entrepreneur, podcaster, CEO of Be Fearless Inc. and public speaker, plus just an all-around rad human being. I'm excited to talk about her journey. Alexa, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate you coming on and diving into the weeds of your journey. So Alexa, you've been in the public eye for quite some time in your life. You had a very early track record of success. You started your blog, I believe at 12 years old and, and a fashion yeah. blog and lifestyle blog, right? Yeah. So we're going to dive in on that and talk about, I think, some of the counterpoints to success. There's not enough that is talked about around success, the, and particularly for, I think, younger individuals who are in the public eye at an early age, we don't think about what that can do to their self-esteem, their images, or their perception of themselves. You had a lot of challenges related to some of those things along your journey, didn't you? I did. And I think it's a great point to highlight that because there's obviously such an intense conversation that can be had around social media and mental health. And so hopefully through this podcast and through your own journey as well, that can come to light. Exactly. I, I just, that's the goal, right? Shining some light on kind of the underbelly of, of society, if you will, because I think it gets, especially in the personal self-growth space, personal development, there's a lot of I think fake positivity, I've talked about this before, we, we don't talk about the important because the challenges, the dark side of things, all that stuff matters too, because it's this other side of the coin, right? We talk about success, we only want to highlight the good things, but I think someone for you, I mean, you just turned 26, right? Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank which you. Which is awesome. But Thanks. 12 to 26, that's a 14 year professional career. It's a long time. Most people don't start their career until they're where are you, your age now, you know? So yeah. it's, I think for you, that perspective is helpful. You got connected with Radio Disney as a point in your journey. So we can talk a little bit about that too. But for you, Alexa, when we were talking prior to the show, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, you've started to shift your perspective around 
kind of workaholism, working tons of hours. Your content focuses on startups, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and you're pushing back on a lot of that, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And that was, I think, a gradual progression for me of having started this at such a young age, but I would say having experienced success in the past few years, even though I started at such a young age. And so that hustle culture and that workaholism, I like that term, is abundantly clear to me now. But I think you also get older and you realize that finding that balance is the only way that's going to get you through some of those things that you'll deal with. 100%. And we don't realize that leisure is where we find our reflection, where we can get in touch with ourselves, where we can yeah. find what really matters. And it's pretty much impossible to do that if you're working 16, 18 hour days, your life is your work. You, it's yeah. easy to get lost in that, isn't it? It is. And, and I became obsessed with that amount of time because I threw myself into it and experienced a pretty bad out of burnout and depression in the past few weeks because I was on this hamster wheel for three months, I think faster than I ever had gone. And then it hit me and threw my life into perspective. So you have to be really careful. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's get into it. So you started early. You started a blog at 12. So let's go from the beginning and, and walk through what got you to where you are today and what's bringing these insights to you. Because I, I think more importantly, it's we got to share these messages so people understand what they're committing to when you're on this journey. Obviously, building is incredible. Creating is incredible. Building businesses. I, I'm an entrepreneur. I love this game. But if we don't have that core why and if we don't center it around our, our purpose, we can easily get lost, yeah. I think, in the work. Yeah. So 12 years old, you start a blog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 12 years old, I start a blog. And, and I appreciate what you, what you just said about the purpose part, because that's something to me especially with what I went through in the past month that I've had to really lean into. And I think because of social media and how fast things move now, people lose sight of that and think they don't need that purpose because they're just going to put out content to get the views. And in reality, it just doesn't work like that. But I started this blog as a fashion blog back in 2011. I'm from a super small town called Mansfield in Connecticut, never really fit in and built this website out and then started going to fashion week when I was about 14 and 16, just by cold emailing designers and was able to amass this following with the website. So still to this day, that's where most of my primary income comes from. And so- Shout out to blogging, by the way. My wife's a blogger. It's a lucrative business when you commit to it. So that's amazing, Alexa. I'd love is. to hear that. Yeah. And for me, it was a hobby. Obviously, I was 12. Like no one was saying like, start a blog. You're going to be an influencer. In 2011, this term wasn't even a thing. Mm -mm. Nor was entrepreneurs at glamorized as much as it is now. And so I really was able to build up the website and then started a podcast, experienced eating disorder. And that's the show that I ultimately sold essentially to Radio Disney called Fearless Every Day. So I stopped that podcast for a while, moved to LA, was the host of my own show that I cold pitched and created with the Disney team and had that show for about a year and a half and then left and started Be Fearless Summit, which is now Be Fearless Inc., which is this reinvented career fair and company that helps young people be professional and ambitious through a lot of my own content and through career-driven content. That's awesome. Epic. 
It's interesting too, to me, that drive was clearly in you from a young age. The fact that you're cold outreaching, it takes a lot of grit to do that. You, you create this show, you pitch the show to Disney, but you mentioned softly there, you had an eating disorder when you were younger, right? And that's really where, these are the things that I'm happy we're going to be able to talk about today because everyone glamorizes success, but they don't in public personas and being in the public eye. People would be like, you had a radio Disney show and all this. So why? What could be bad about that? But there's a lot of things that can go bad about that. And I'd love to hear your perspective on starting and having a public persona at a young age. What did that do to you? Like, how did you how are you working to bridge those two gaps? Because that's I can imagine that's a lot of stress and pressure. Yeah, for me, I always created this because I needed a role model for myself. So to this day, I I always appreciate when people say the success you've had and you're so successful. I have to be quite honest, like I don't view it like that. I'm someone who's incredibly type A and persistent. And sometimes I wonder like why I am like, what sometimes am I even working towards? Because I, it's a struggle for me, quite frankly, to appreciate the success that I've had. Like I've really had to work to it, even though I'm the one that's created it. Cause I think perhaps when you're an entrepreneur, it, there's just moments where it's just, it's never enough. You just want more success. You always think you can do better. And when something goes wrong, there is an extreme level of like self-doubt as a founder. And so for me, I had that eating disorder when I was 16. And so that was actually when I first wrote a piece that was more on like the entrepreneurship startup side. And I went viral online and I had a lot of girls from high school and their moms reaching out to me, acknowledging the piece. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, I've been talking about fashion, but I'm not super interested in fashion. But I felt almost like I was able to help these young women through that piece. And slowly from there, I did really build myself and the brand into that role model figure. And that is something that I had wanted from the beginning. And I was not even aware of how important it was for me to fill that void. Wow. And I love that you basically created the mentorship role model for yourself based on what yeah. you felt was absent in your life. So you became that person, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I never Indeed. had a mentor in my career. I never really had that role model. So I grew up and I see a lot of these young people now, they're growing up surrounded by these Instagrammers and these influencers. And that's the, that's the ultimate epitome of success to them. And it's disappointing to me because at the end of the day, if you were born into that money and those connections, your journey is so different. So by allowing yourself to feel so inspired by somebody who comes from such a different background, it never made sense to me. So I wanted to find someone like myself, right? Who didn't come from any, anything that I could model my life after. Truly self-made. And I love that you say that because a lot of people don't realize that social media isn't real. And what we're seeing, it's, I, I don't want to say it's not real. It's not, it's never the full picture. It's almost always yeah. not the full picture. And you bringing up what you just said, we don't realize there are a lot of people that are influencers who come from wealthy families or backgrounds that have all these resources and they have no true responsibilities or setbacks in their life. And so they, they have this incredible head start. That's not to down, downplay the work that they put in, the followings that they build, whatever. But as a true role model perspective, the majority of people don't come from that experience. So as you said, aspiring to be that is honestly unfair. And yeah. I think there are absolutely influencers that 
feed on that. They know that desperation, that desire that people have to succeed and they leverage it to benefit themselves. And I love that you're countering that narrative. You live in LA. I know you're around people that yeah. that's their whole MO. How, how do you feel, how do you find ways to stay true to who you are? And is that what inspires you on this journey most is being truthful? It's yes. And it's funny you bring that up because I first moved to LA right before I got that Disney show. And, and I think I was about like 18 or 19 at the time. And I was really struggling. I moved to the shittiest apartment ever. I was sleeping on the floor. I had like three roommates. I had no idea what I was in for. And then I get this Disney show and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by not only these Disney stars, but these stage moms. Because my experience at Disney was very rare. I'm not an actress. So I wasn't working on set. I literally had created this show as a host and essentially got them to say yes to it. So now I'm like, already have no idea who I am. And I'm now in this corporate world with managers and like, I'm also 19. So I'm like figuring out who I am. Whereas a lot of these Disney kids are 12, 13. So it was a really interesting experience for me. And then when the Disney show ended, I, it was when COVID started and that's where I just was like, I got to get out of LA because I think I'm going to lose my mind here. And I ended up getting a place in Austin and spent about the last four years there and was able to really, I think, ground myself in ways that LA didn't to where now I feel like I can go back to LA full time and actually conquer it. But I, I really struggled. And now I'm at a place where there's just a lot of this BS that you experience in LA, I don't even care about because I feel like I did it in my early 20s. And now I just I don't care enough. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, that's an incredible feat because we need more people to do that to be truthful because a lot of people get consumed by LA. I lived in California for almost a decade before I moved out to North Carolina in 2020 as well. So similar change of scenery in San Diego area. So not specifically LA, but spent a decent amount of time in LA. So I absolutely know what you're speaking to there. And it's awesome, though, that you went to Texas because that's the counter to California. You're yeah. getting grounded. Y'all is heavy. Good food all around you. <laughs> so it sounds like you took time to really connect with what mattered to you. And you're finding more clarity around your mission, it sounds like. Yeah. And I think something I really appreciate about my time in Austin is that I was able to experience the 20s I never had. And I didn't have it because I just threw myself into this career. And I have to say, the stress and the anxiety, the self-doubt, it took a serious toll on me and my health throughout the years in ways that I didn't even realize in, until being older now. And Austin was a really great combination of like successful people who come from all walks of life, but it's a small town. So you see a lot of the same people and you can all go out and it's really easy to like go out and party and have a good time because you can walk home. Whereas in LA, you're always around people who are spending $40 on a cocktail and you have to spend Uber money and everything. And Austin was opposite of that. So I was able to really do the things that I should have done in my early 20s that I wasn't able to do. I love that. Well, that's great. So yeah. it's getting back to the roots of yourself, finding yourself more authentic in Austin, relating to the people there, the culture. To me, that's what life is about, right? And I think that's something that I, I've been excited to talk to you about is we have these ideas of success that are often portrayed by Hollywood and what success looks like. You're describing that specifically. But in my mind, what I've come to realize as I've gotten older, because I also fell into that startup world, SaaS world, raising money. I did that too. It was, except it was in the cannabis space. So it was like wild, wild west a bit. Yeah. But I 
probably much like you realize that the, I didn't want to be like these people that I was around. I was, I was starting to recognize the other leaders and CEOs and, and they weren't with their families. They were being dishonest. They were out partying all the time. That's not the life that I wanted to live. And I can imagine you being out in LA, working at Disney, being around, you said stage moms. I'd love for you to speak a bit about that, but it's, what was it that when you were there, what were things that started happening that made you realize this wasn't for you? I would say, gosh, it's hard because going back now, it's really because I know who I am. I don't Mm. feel the need to keep up with people who I don't want to hang out with because I want to be seen with them and things like that. I remember getting myself into a group of friends when I first moved there. And I just remember some situations looking back that probably honestly traumatized me. But we're just these wild experiences. And I have a really unique story, I'll say, because from the background that I have really friends with a lot of people whose parents are incredibly well-known or incredibly successful and wealthy. And so I'm very familiar with that landscape. But now I feel like I'm able to respect them as friends. Whereas earlier, I would certainly say there was a lot of jealousy just from being like, why wasn't this me? I'm struggling so much and like, I want to fit in. And so I would certainly say it was that experience. And, and I really learned a lot through those relationships with a lot of those friends. And like a lot of these people who have significant trust funds, like they idolize me because they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, but you have so much money. And they're like, but like, what am I going to do with this money? I don't know what to do for a career. I don't know what's going on. So it's always the grass is greener, but I would certainly say feeling like I had to fit in with that was a struggle for me. And I think LA is a place where obviously people go to become someone. And because of that, you're just around a lot of superficialness. Like I'm from the East Coast. I don't do well with BS. Like I'll tell you anything straight to your face. And I didn't like the fact that I felt constantly like I was being lied to or just being around wannabes. And I don't know, there's something about it that I find really icky. It just, I think it's just pathetic. So I was like, I should shut up and not say something, but also like, I really want to say something because I think you're really dumb. And so I was always this constant, like, do I tell this person what I want to tell them or do I just like smile and act cute? See, and I think that's, and that's the power of this is there's a lot of illusions that still exist in our world, particularly about California lifestyle, Hollywood. You said it too, trust fund babies as well. Money is not the answer. Like, It's not. And sometimes we have to find that ourselves to realize it's not the answer. But I'm glad that you shared that because a lot of people associate the challenges or struggles they're facing with a lack of money. And that could be true. I think it's okay to want more money. I have financial goals. We all have financial goals, ideally. But it's not the answer to our problems. And when we're feeling a lack of meaning or purpose, like the people that you were describing, the money can't fix that. That's why you got to get into your heart. You got to tap into yeah. your spirit. You got to find what matters to you, right? So it's it sounds like that's the work that you've been doing, Alexa, over the years. And so you started pivoting. Also, I'm from West Virginia originally. That was a thing. Okay. I could not handle the lack of, like, I just, I tell you what I tell you to my face. I don't mean anything other than what I'm telling you right now. Like, yeah. I didn't understand anything other than that. So I, I get that. And it's hard. But it's, so for you, though, what were some of the things that you were able to do? You left LA, you're in Austin. So like, did you just start getting grounded, spending more time with yourself? Like what were some things that you did that helped you to find this? It took a while. I would certainly say when I first moved there, one of the reasons I stayed there is because I had a friend group. So I moved out at 17. I went to New York. 
And through living in New York, I had a core group of friends, all for the most part, actually from Texas. And they were all doing this co-op program from Northeastern University in Boston. And so I became a core group of friends with these people. And then I moved, you know, then I moved to L.A. and I lost touch with them. But I had become such close friends with them. So I had started going during COVID to Austin and they were all living there. So I slowly was able to like go and hang out. And then I ended up meeting my uh, boyfriend at the time at a WeWork there. So there was a lot of just normalcy that I felt. Like I felt Mm. even when I remember like meeting my ex-boyfriend, I think in 2020, we met. And there was something very authentic about like, just for example, like I was in a WeWork. I looked like shit. Like I literally put no makeup on. I was wearing, I don't even know what I was wearing. I was wearing this really ugly sweater. And he started talking to me there. And in L.A., I always needed glam on. Like, I always have to look good. And I just remember there was a sense of just like normalcy. And I loved that. And then I loved the that I had this group of friends that knew me when I was just like, I guess, normal. Like, I had been blogging at the time, but they knew me before all of this wildness. And so it just felt very comforting. And so I was able to go there and not only experience my 20s with them, but also meet people who I just found were a lot deeper and looking to have real honest connections and not use you, me, for whatever it is that they thought they could get. That happens quite often in LA. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of the, it's refreshing going from a place like LA and then coming to an area like Texas to where not everyone's trying to be mega famous. They're just enjoying their life. They want to eat good food. They like their family. They want to spend time with friends. That is really refreshing, isn't it? It's a difference too. Like in my mind, Alexa, I used to not think that was success, but now I realize to me, that's my definition of success is being able to be your authentic self, being around people that you care about, doing the things that you do on a daily basis as you are fully, not based on your image, not based on the designer bag that you have, not how your makeup looks. Like none of that stuff really matters, right? At the end of the day. It doesn't. And that's what I, and I have a lot of personal thoughts, you know, about Texas. And I think a lot of things there, quite frankly, are really backward. But Austin is this cool bubble of a lot of trendy, hip people. And I will say, you know, all of my friends there, for the most part, are like very wealthy. And they're like LA rich or very successful founders. But you were right. I mean, it's exactly what you just said. The way that they want to spend their time and their money and whatnot is so different than like lavish lifestyle on Instagram and actually being really miserable. So it's not just like these country people in Austin living on the farm really successful people that just wanted what I wanted, which was a sense of normalcy and honesty and kindness. Oh man, amen to that. I think that's also something that's changed about the world. And if there is a silver lining about COVID, that would be one thing is success centers are not just concentrated in New York and LA now or, or San Francisco. Like you can find these communities of authenticity and success all over the country, all yeah. over the world for that matter. And I love that you it's about you finding your tribe in a lot of ways. So it doesn't mean yeah, you have to sacrifice your exhausting. desire to be successful, right? It's like you can still find both. You can find both. Exactly. It's about finding who makes you feel, I think, alive, but in a way that you feel like you're able to fully be yourself. And I find especially people in their 20s really struggle with like, obviously who they are, but like, having a lot of different personalities around a lot of different people. So I think a lot of that finding yourself part is feeling like you're able to be yourself and show up as yourself in every place, in every conversation. There's so much freedom in that when you start to find love within yourself and you start to accept who you are to where you can just be present. You can show up 
You can share who you are without reservations or fear. And the cool thing is even if people don't like that, you actually realize that's a blessing and that you can move on because that's not a good fit anyway. Like that's why authenticity and being truthful in yourself is so powerful because we're bringing to the surface who we are. And if people don't resonate with that, then you move on and that's okay. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's about feeling confident with who you are and the relationships that you have. So Alexa, you've been working on yourself. I think to me, it's a lifelong journey, right? Growth, the value of doing work on ourselves. Like it's a lifelong journey. You're currently back in LA, right? You spent a few years in Austin. Yep. And you, you've moved back to LA full-time. You're actually in London right now though, right? Yeah, I'm in London now, but I actually kept my apartment in LA for the whole time I was in Austin. And I was really obviously lucky to be able to do that. But I think I was never really to get ready to give up this apartment, but I also didn't know that Austin was going to be a place I stayed in long term. So I'm happy with the decision to keep that. So I'm like moving back, but I also still had my place there. So I was going back and forth anyway, but my plan is to be there for most of the time starting in the new year. Very cool. Well, Lex, I'd love to hear your perspective on being in your 20s. I'm almost, I'm 38. I'm almost 40. I remember being in my 20s and being just utterly clueless. I had a ton of work that I had to do on myself. I was super insecure, like so much stuff inside me that I had to work through. But I think sometimes when we're in our 20s, we think we have to have everything figured out. We have to have this whole plan and path and and I just think that that's rubbish. So I'd love to hear your perspective on 20-something in today's world. And if there's something that you would share with other young kids who are trying to find themselves, like what would you share with them? Oh gosh, so many life lessons. And it's such an interesting time for me to even be asked that question because I have to say like, this is the first time in my life that I have been really confused with my direction. And I have my whole career known exactly what I'm doing, like even when things go wrong. And then I had this experience, this depression, this burnout the past month. And like I said earlier, it really put my life in perspective. And so now for the first time, I'm actually able in some capacity to relate to what these kids in their 20s deal with. And I've like, I've had to talk to my trainer. I've had to talk to my therapist because I, I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, why do I have this like inkling that like, maybe there's something different or maybe there's something else I should be trying. And everyone says the same thing. It's like, you need to lean into it. It's totally fine. People even in their thirties, their forties don't know what they're doing. And so my best piece of advice, and I've told this to a lot of the girls that I mentor as I've gone through this, is to lean into it. And I think that when I say lean into it, I literally am saying like, you're waking up and you don't know what to do. Okay. Go for a walk, read a book. Like who almost rewire your mindset. So when you're feeling so guilty, that's what I feel like sometimes is this guilt of like, I should know, is to remind yourself that what you should know what, like all you need to know is that you're alive and you have family and friends who love you and everything else is just noise. And it's mm. the same thing with the money too, is like money ebbs and flows and a lot of people are so focused on the money and there are going to be tons of times in your life where you have a chance to make a lot of money and it's okay. Like you don't need to be doing these wild things you see people on Instagram doing just because they're doing it. You know, you want to be happy on your own without all of the materialistic things. So those are my two biggest pieces of advice for people in their 20s. I love that. So lean into the uncertainty, explore, get out in nature, journal, think. Be with yourself, right? Allow that 
not knowing to guide you. Because as, as weird as that sounds, not knowing can actually be a, a great place to be because when we let go, it can guide us to where a future that we may have not yet envisioned. And I can promise you the answer is not in scrolling through Instagram. That's not the answer. <laughs> so No, and I like that you talk a lot about this and that this is one of the focus of your show. And I've spent the least amount of time on social media, probably in my whole life in the past four weeks. And I have just realized like I love it. And so I have to say it's difficult for me now to even like want to post. I like Twitter. I like the newsletter. I like my podcast and whatnot. But the Instagram side of things, I find myself really struggling with for the first time in my career because I just, it just hit me where I just was like, I think that consuming this amount of content and trying to inspire people and do it all is affecting my own perspective of the world because I was posting hundreds of videos and they do great. That's inspiring other people. This isn't helping me mentally. And so I'm figuring out now the way to navigate that in a way that's really healthy for me and also does continue to inspire people. What, what's awesome about the opportunity that's in front of you, Alexa, is you have a clear path where you've worked your butt off, created success, done a lot of very cool things with your life, but you've also come to realize that's not the end all be all. So I think that message alone, just of not working 12 to 16 hour days, not defining yourself by the success that you create in the world and spending more time off social media and just being in your in in, pre, in the presence of yourself, people you care about goes a long way. And I don't think people realize that we've been tricked. Like it's. Yeah. It's, right. Yeah. And then obviously that hustle culture concept and mentality has been around for quite a while and I think has really been pushed forward by people like Gary Vee and a lot of these figures. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is like you're looking up to someone who's in their like 40s to give you that kind of advice. And you're not looking at people who are in your age group so you don't feel so alone. So it's great to hear that. Oh, I should go forward and work a lot and make a lot of money and have a family and do it all by someone who's like done it all. But they're not speaking about everything before that. And there's a lot of just questions and experiences. You have to live in your 20s and even early 30s to be able to get to a point where you not only know what you want to do, but actually what matters to you. Exactly. And I think that's the trap of comparison because you mentioned it earlier with the trust fund components and, and coming from wealthy families. A lot of people don't realize that Gary Vee, his family had a business that he launched from. That wine business. I didn't even started know that. Right. That's what I mean. He, okay. So he launched his business from his family had a wine business. He started a YouTube channel selling and talking about wine. He took that business over, grew it, and then launched his marketing career as he is now. So he started from like, it's not, they weren't mega wealthy or anything, but still most people don't come from families of entrepreneurs who have that type of platform to build from. And it is a little unfair, I think, and look, I've gained from Gary Vee at points in my life, but I also realized I bought into that hustle trap that's not true. If you want those things, that's fine. But make sure that you genuinely want them because if you don't, you're going to spend a lot of time and energy, your best years of your life in a lot of ways, pursuing something that may not be what you truly desire. And I think that's what's cool about your journey. It's not that you didn't desire these things, but you're assessing, you're reassessing your values, what matters to you and the direction your life's going now. 
and you're looking to help people who may be in similar situations. Because honestly, Alexa, all of us are. You said earlier, dude, I know 70-year-olds that don't know what the hell they're doing. So it's like none of us really do at the end of the day. We're all figuring it out. Yeah, but you're figuring it out because at the end of the day, there's everyone has their own thought process on like why we exist, right? And I don't believe in like all of that woo-woo stuff, but I certainly am someone who questions like what this doesn't make any sense. Like why do some people have so much money and why do we sit at dining room tables and why do we have cars? So there's a sense of like none of this ever makes sense. None of us will ever have the answers. So truly you can only do the best that you can to just live because at the end of the day, we're all going to die and be in the same ground. And you're not even going to know then, like, why am I wearing this shirt? And it costs more or less than someone who is in a different shirt. It's all just so effing weird. So you just have to live. And I really think have fun and not feel so defined by like your career or by your financial success, even though that obviously means a lot. But there is a lot of areas of life I think people overlook because they're so focused on career and money. Exactly. Well, we're human beings first. We're not human doings. And like we forget that. What's the question people ask you? What do you do for a living? That's almost the first question that people ask when they talk is what you do for a living. And it's important. But the values that you bring, the things that matter to you, the quality of energy that you bring to your relationships, the way you treat one another, do you follow through with the the things that you say? Are your actions and your words aligned? All of those things to me, are my standard of success. I don't care if you're a billionaire, if you're a dick to people and you're not honest and you're just mean outright. Like, is that really success? I don't think so. But we got to define it, right? We got to change the game. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a lot of conversations. People will say they met so-and-so and and they were an asshole or they're cheating on their wife or all of that. And I think at the end of the day, there's an illusion behind the top 1%, people who make a tremendous amount of money to where like they're given a free pass or it's expected that they do that. And I think at the end of the day, if that's what makes you happy and if you're perhaps the wife or whatnot standing by on the sidelines, then that's your life to lead. But you're right about the kindness part. And of course, that's something that I hope even as my success continues, like I just don't know why I would ever lose that. Again, it comes back to like maybe that type of person was raised with a lot of money. So they saw it from their parents. I think people don't realize there's a lot of stuff from childhood that really affects the way that you treat other people as you get older. And so that can also make a huge impact on you as a human being. That's so important to to mention, too. And I'm glad you did, Alexa, because without the reflection, particularly from our childhood, We don't realize all those things influence us. Like no matter just because we leave our home that we grew up in or the state that we grew up in until we address those things that we experienced. If we don't have a comparison of how I grew up versus what like in the sense of healthy, not healthy boundaries, no boundaries, like those things will perpetuate themselves and we go out in the world and create them again, reflecting on who you are, where you come from. I would say for you, especially too, you you have a lot of grit based on your story and the things that you've come from. So there's an appreciation, I think, for you because you know what it's like to not have those things and you've yeah. built this for yourself, right? Yeah, there is an appreciation. There's also, I would say, a sense of an obsession that can be a positive and a negative thing. And perhaps it's something that's relatable to other entrepreneurs. 
But yeah, the grits, the persistence, people ask me all the time, like, where did you get that from? Who in your family was like this? For me, it's just innate. No one in my family is like this. I don't know why the fuck I'm like this. I think it would be a lot easier if I wasn't like this. (laughs) But like, at the end of the day, what am I going to do? Like, this is how I am. And I appreciate that grit and persistence because I hope it inspires other people to just never give up on whatever it is, even if they don't know what it is, but on that journey to finding inner success and happiness. Yeah, that's rad. Alexa, this is, I haven't asked anyone yet on the show and I'm curious what, so this is a new question, but like, so if you were to think about yourself in the future, let's say you're no longer here, what are you hoping that you can leave behind for, because I mean, you're a content creator, you have a lot to share. I love your content, by the way. And you had a great newsletter, which I'll link to in the show notes, but like, what is it for you? Like right now you're figuring out that message, but like, what is it, would you say, is that underlying theme that you, you hope to leave behind? I think for me, I want to leave behind. And if I ever have a family one day, hopefully with my future kids, I want to leave behind just this message that you really can rewrite your story in a way that I have from what I experienced as a kid. And there really was two avenues I could go down, one that was really positive and one that was really negative. And for whatever reason, I went down the positive one. And I think that everyone across the board, no matter how much money you came from or didn't have something that happens in their childhood that really affects you as an adult. And because of that, you're going to be faced with those kind of decisions, like which path to go down. And I always would say that you can not only rewrite your story, but you can find that fire inside of yourself to go down the path that's ultimately going to lead you to a better future for yourself than the one you were raised with. Because I did it like I'm living proof of it. So if I can do it, really, you can do it, too. That's amazing. And Alexa, you know, that's some cold, hard truth right there is that fire does come from within us. And that's where that source is. So did you, we haven't talked much about that and it's okay if you don't want to divulge details, but did you have a bit of a, like your relationship with your parents? Is that tough or? No, I'm happy to go into it. And and no, my parents are still married. I've been married 20, 27 years. I'm very close with them. But when I was seven, my father was wrongfully convicted and put in maximum security prison in Rhode Island. So the year that he got out is actually the year that I started my blog. So subconsciously, like looking back, I started it because I think I just at the time was so confused and like really raised myself because my mom was so preoccupied with my father's case. And so I've made it my life goal to really, I I don't know, I, I think help my like dad and my mom. And through my work now, I realize that I think that like drive as a kid to help my parents has like become a lot of my purpose for helping these other young people. And no, I'm very close with them now, but the trauma that I experienced is you can't even describe it, but it's part of my story, right? Wow. I didn't know that about your story. I didn't know that that yeah. was, that was part of it. That's, it's tough. It also was the, sounds like the gasoline to your inner fire in a lot of ways though. And, yeah. it, and it's like, it's wild that trauma and tragedy in many ways can be the very thing that actually propels us forward into our life. and so. Like I, I'm working very hard in my life to look at everything as a possible blessing in some form, no matter how tough it can be. And ultimately to me, that's, you're a testament to that, a living testament to that and the power of choice, because you could have easily 
taking the dark path, which would be to destroy yourself, probably fall into drugs, the wrong crowd, all of that. And you didn't. You chose to create a blog and process. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. And that's what I mean by like, you have this two different paths. And I even realized when I moved to LA, like the crowd that I was in was that kind of trust fund kid crowd all doing drugs and that. And it was always just not like I tried to keep up with them, but it was just never something that interested me because I, I don't know why, but like ever since I was a kid, I just didn't, that lifestyle didn't intrigue me. But of course it would have been really easy to get sucked into that. So I chose the other path. I'm glad you did, because otherwise you probably wouldn't be here talking. You wouldn't be yeah. inspiring people the way you are, you know, in, in an authentic way. I also appreciate you just being open and honest and vulnerable. Like it takes a lot of courage to say, hey, look, I'm figuring it out. As someone that's had a lot of success and done a lot of things like it takes a lot of courage to come on a podcast and tell people that openly. So I, that's a testament to you and the work you're doing and the path you're on. So, Alexa, for you, though. You're in a bit of a pivot now. What's next for you? What are you envisioning for your life right now? I would say that you're a, a good host. You're like an honest person to talk to. So it's way easier to, you know, feel like I can be totally authentic, of course. But I would Thank say, you. so right now, yeah, I'm, I've scaled back a little bit on, I was doing like a lot of TikTok, a lot of Instagram, and I've scaled back on that to fully focus on my newsletter and the podcast and Twitter. So in terms of content, that's where I'm putting out the most amount of content. And I find that to be like a really great place for me to scale the newsletter. And so between that and then I started this company called Be Fearless Inc. I'm hoping that this event that's supposed to be in April comes to fruition. So I am switching my sales strategy a bit for how, from how I've been selling it. So it's a deciding factor for me right now on whether or not like I will host this event. But as of right now, it's happening on April 26th in New York. And it's a different format than the ones we've done before that are in partnerships with colleges. So if you want to come, it would be great to have anyone there or tell your audience. But besides that, I really, I see, I love the newsletter for me, like I, the response I get from it. And I feel like it brings me back to how I started as a blogger. Mm. And so I, I look forward to scaling and hopefully building that up to where like that's the primary bulk of my income. That's epic. Knowing the grit and tenacity that you showed in the the majority of your life, I'd say that you're well on your path to, to making that a reality, which is excellent. And for me personally, I have a two-year-old daughter, very young daughter. She's growing and it's inspiring and exciting for me to know that there are women like yourself out there in the world putting out positive messages, moving away from the fakeness and kind of the, the over-sexualized component of social media, particularly for women. Like there's just a lot of things like that are in our culture right now that I think isn't serving a lot of people. And I think when you like when you look at social media and you look at usage and, and adolescent girls and their mental health, like it's affecting everyone, but yeah. particularly young adolescent girls. I'm happy to know that there's someone out there like you advocating for a different way. You know, it mean it matters a lot. And so I encourage you to continue on your quest of inspiring and leading by example. So Alexa, this has been fantastic, but a couple, two things before we part ways. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I know you mentioned your social platforms a little bit. I'm obviously going to link to this in the show notes and then a parting message that you may have for the audience. Well, I would love to have your daughter when she's old enough out of the Fearless Summit, but you can follow me on social media at Alexa underscore Curtis on Twitter and Instagram. And my TikTok is Alexa Curtis unfiltered. 
And then my newsletter is called Stay Fearless or Die Trying. And the podcast is also called The New Unfiltered. And my final message would be to get out of your comfort zone and stay fearless. Oh, love it. Right to the point. Boom. We grow <laughs> in that discomfort, don't we? That's where it all happens. We do. We do. Well, that was awesome. Alexa, I really appreciate you coming on the show. To the audience, we hope you enjoyed our chat here. There's a lot of wisdom, little nuggets, a lot of goodies here that Alexa shared, particularly, I think, for a younger audience that can get wrapped up in things that we see on social media. There's a whole world out there outside of our phones that we forget yeah. about. And nature is healing and being connected to, to, right? So it's, I really appreciate you sharing that message, Alexa. So with that being said, appreciate your eyes, your ears, your attention. And until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.